Hey guys, what's up? It's Andrew the Heavy Metal Hobbit. I know some of you have been emailing me asking where I've been. Guys, I have been setting up stuff for the movie I'm getting ready to shoot, Indie Comics. Bleeding Four Colors is a documentary we're doing. I've also been shooting a little bit of a horror film, Shiloh Woods, one that will be uh, hopefully coming out middle of next year. But today, I thought we'd, we'd sit back and talk to a guy I really enjoyed interviewing that some of you didn't get a chance to hear the first time around. His name is Mark Kidwell. He is the creator of 68. It is a zombie comic that takes place in Vietnam. Now, the date's important because at the same time, None of the Living Dead came out. So, this is the story of zombies on the other side of the earth. Now, a lot of you are probably going, Mark Kidwell, that name sounds really familiar. Well, he was one of the artists and designers on the Tusk costume featured in Kevin Smith's latest movie, Tusk. So, sit back, enjoy, take a listen, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. And keep your eyes peeled at HeavyMetalHobbit.com because we have a trailer coming up for the movie, Indie Comics, in roughly three to four weeks. So... Hope you guys have a great weekend, and sit back and listen to some class. Alright guys, I'm here with Mark Kidwell, who writes 68. Yes, yes. And it's about zombies in Vietnam, no Nazis. No Nazis. So, how long have you been writing for it? Oh God, my whole life, pretty much. But professionally, about the last ten years. Has it gone taken off really big in the past couple years? Well, you know, really, we've always been well-received. We did the first 68 book back in 2006, and it was a, a cult hit sellout. Then we moved on to do things like Frazetta Comics. I worked with Fangoria, did my series Bump. And the whole time we were all doing Conzo, people ask, hey, dudes, when are you going to do more 68? So in 2010, we all got back together and relaunched it as an ongoing series. Very cool. See, this is why I get so mad when people are like, I don't want to invest $10 in a Kickstarter book. That first 68 right now is probably more than what that $10 cost you to invest. Oh, yeah. I, I see them going on eBay all the time for 50 bucks a pop. The original 06 one-shot. How, how, how good do you feel? Like, you have a comic that's worth 50 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope people enjoy it. And uh, actually, we reprinted it in a director's cut edition so the people who just want to read it can now read it for like 5 bucks versus, you know, popping Very. for 50 I mean, but the original is always better to have. Oh, it is. If you're a collector, I think that's what you're after. But uh, my big thing is just to have people read the story. I just want them to get hip to the 68 vibe. Which I can't think of anything else in Vietnam and zombies currently. Like, no, it's an untapped market that you're just... That's just right. got a nice little corner on. Well, yeah, and you know, when I first came up with the script idea years ago, I couldn't believe that no one had done it. You know, that... The original Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968. So if you take that as gospel as far as the birth of the American cannibalistic zombie, yeah. what would be happening at the same time over in Southeast Asia during the war? That's the premise of 68. I can't... That just baffles my mind nobody had that. Maybe all the good writers were off at the war and they just... Or maybe we're just geniuses. Let's think of it that way. That's, yeah. <laughs> so you also wrote a novel called Bump. Yes. Which you said is literally everything in horror but a kitchen sink. Yes. And there even there actually no is kitchen a kitchen sink. sink. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's my my homage to splatterpunk horror. There was a movement back in the 80s and 90s in horror called splatterpunk where <laughs> a bunch of young authors decided to just push the envelope. But they were good writers. Yeah. But they decided I'm not going to stop at you know showing the scalpel plunge into the flesh. I'm going to open it up and show you what's inside. Clive Barker was a splatterpunk probably still is but uh i, I really enjoyed that Parker. yeah i love splatterpunk so i wanted to do my own splatterpunk novel so bump started out as a ghost story turned into a serial killer story 
then turned into a full-blown monster movie. So, so both is whatever a little the hell you wanted to put in there. Pretty much. Just no hold bar. Pretty much. But I've never had a bad review. Everyone likes it. So being a fan of horror, I like a lot of the old horror. Me too. I still think the best practical effects ever in a film has to be the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can Rob you think Bochini. of any, be- any better? Because I can't. Uh, well, the same guy, different film, the original Howling. On a shoestring oh, budget, right. he pulled off one of the best werewolf transformation scenes I've ever seen. And I think you have to credit the lighting on that scene yeah, a lot, fair. too, because it was really done well. I mean, you have that, and the only other really good werewolf is... I oh, my gosh. The only other really big one I can think of is uh, American Werewolf in Paris. As far as just gory, gutsy transformation. Yeah, now Paris, though, was all CGI. In London, American Werewolf in London was... Oh, it is uh, London. It's yeah, that was the... Uh... There's too much stuff. I, I, I rely on <laughs> you guys inundated. to remember some of the other stuff. I got to... There's well, a lot of numbers. To, you have to give a shout-out to Dog Soldiers. Uh, not, not a great... <laughs> Uh, not a great transformation no. scene, but phenomenal finished product werewolf with the big stilts and everything. Those were badass werewolves. I like that movie a lot. So you're you're very much into the old school horror. Oh yeah, yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Did you get to meet him? Did you know he was out here a couple weeks ago? I met him in Cincinnati last year and got him to sign a print for me. Oh, very yeah. nice. Uh, that that creature to me still stands up with all the modern I think CG. All and stuff. the old Universal stands up. Yeah, well, some of it. You know, you look at old stuff like The Invisible Man, and you see how they were doing the effects there. You can kind of look so at that. It's good, though. It is good. It, there's a sophistication and a texture to it, so you can look past those uh, flaws in the effects. But now the younger generations today are going to look at stuff like that, and they're going to say, oh, that looks fake, because they've grown up with Fuck CG. <laughs> I grew up with CG, and I'm still like, the less CG. Well, for example, The Crow, there's very little CG, which yeah. is what, to me, makes that movie 20 years later still hold up. Yeah. Still using matte paintings and a lot of shit but for that movie. But the fucking, just the CG just doesn't have that look, that feel that's just some sick bastard, as messed up as I am, <laughs> sit down to create this awesome. Yeah, my, my opinion on it is CG should be used to hide the zippers. Basically, you still still do uh, latex effects, robotics, suits, but then when you can see the flaws in that old school, then you come in and clean it up with CGI. But don't fall back on CG as a crutch because everything looks like a PlayStation game. Well, just Pacific Rim, for example, just total PlayStation, and, it, and not that good a movie. No, it wasn't, and the action scenes got so convoluted, I couldn't even tell what was going on half the time. You know what would have made that movie better? We take away all this Japanese, Nudity. Germany, all that, <laughs> yeah, all the bullshit that happens, and we're just, instead of these weird monsters, we just throw Cthulhu in there. Fuck, first Cthulhu movie? I can't think of any other Cthulhu movie at this point. Not big budget. There, there are a lot why, of why, small why budget why Cthulhu movies. Because nobody understands Lovecraft. Honestly, uh, very Whatever. few very few Hollywood people could read a Lovecraft short story and adapt that to the screen so that it feels like authentic love. Whenever I think of Lovecraft, I, I, this sounds weird to some people, I always feel like I'm reading a report. Like this is a police report or something somebody's wrote down, which is great. I love that feel. That's a great classic feel that you don't see anymore. Like World War Z... The shit, the book was way different. That was just somebody sitting on the news, and that movie sucked. I haven't read the book, and I haven't seen the movie. And uh, honestly, the whole zombie thing, to me, I'm a purist. I'm a fan of the Romero-Russo zombie and what they did with it. All this offshoot stuff and, you know, taking that stuff and building on it. 
it, it wanders far afield from the Romero stuff. Yeah. That's why in 68 we try to stay true to a lot of the rule sets set up by those originators. So a lot of them are slow-moving. Yeah, yeah. We, we have slow movers. We have fast movers. We have some that remember things they did in life. Like we've got a sniper in the first issue. It's an undead sniper. And he has the ability to get uh, his finger on the trigger and fire one bullet inaccurately. Now, he can't reload, but it happens when he was shot and killed, he still had a bullet in the chamber. So he's able to pull off that one thing. It's like how they all remembered to keep going back to <laughs> exactly, the mall. Exactly. Stuff that you don't see anymore. These zombies are just, they, they feel like a vampire. They don't feel like a zombie anymore. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the zombie stuff has become window dressing for for more soap opera storytelling. You know, I don't care who's sleeping with who, whose baby is whose, you know, who scratched whose back. I don't care. I, I want to see the horror stuff. I'm a horror guy. So, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sci-fi geek. While it, while it may not technically be horror, it's actually a love story wrapped up, made by Harley Quinn. You had to watch the old Dark Shadows then. I did when I was very, very young. In fact, that's how old I am. I, I saw it first run. When my, it was, my dad did too, and he's like, "Guess what? This is what you have to sit and watch as you grow up. You might not like it today. You will come to appreciate." <laughs> by the time you hit ten years old, you're just like, "I didn't see what they were doing here." Why the fuck do we have Twilight now? Because <laughs> at 20, I still can't... Fu- I mean, I'm 24 now. I still can't fucking figure out Twilight. Yeah, I just... You know, that's that's pablum for the masses, man. That's for people who don't the like masses. the horror stuff that we like. They soften it so that it's palatable to soccer moms. There you go. So it's horror for... I feel like we tried that with Power Rangers once, and it was called Beetleborgs. But at least they were enough like, oh, it's still universal. We're still going to play a little cheesy that, you know, some people can enjoy it. But some of this shit now just... It doesn't got this feel. This is the feel that, you know, Dirk Manning, you see a lot of authors go back to that old school horror feel. And it's picking up when, like, there is no tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my biggest influences uh, are the old EC comics. Oh I still God. go back to those time and time again. You open up Etrigan and you're just like, yes. Yeah. Well, they had so much punch in each story. And those stories were only six to eight pages long. They got so much ground covered in a short short format and I get that review a lot from 68 reviewers they say you know Kidwell in one issue tells about six issues worth of story and they, they tell it like a freight train's pace and that's the way 68 is it's punch 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 it just keeps rolling you'll never be bored when you read a 68 comic and you'll never see an issue where we don't have zombies in it because a zombie book without zombies is, is paper well, you know, I think a lot of them are inundated by anime, which a lot of anime now is, we need 100 episodes, and there's really only 20 episodes that have anything. The rest, I don't fucking care for filler. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Bruce Willis fan, but when he's like, cut the Chuffa out, okay, we know what Chuffa's, Chuffa's shit that I wrote because I don't have extra time. <laughs> right. So, besides 68, you got any upcoming projects you're working on? Uh, well, pretty much right now, for through the rest of this year, it's pretty much 68. I've got, uh, in fact, I'm designing a lot of creature effects for film right now for Bob Kurtzman for his Creature Core Ooh. company out of Ohio. I uh, just finished working on the new Kevin Smith movie, Tusk. You got to work on Tusk? Yeah, I worked uh, designing a lot of the creature suits. So, so, when Kevin came back and said, holy shit, you helped out on the part of that holy shit, just... Well, let's, it, is, let's hope so. Is it gross looking? I can't really talk a lot about it until it, it streets. Here, here's the bad part. I talked to Mike. I talked to Ming. I talked to Walt. Nobody fucking will tell me yet. They're like, you have to wait. I'm like, no, I want to. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I've read the script, and it's way, way better than I ever thought it would be. Just after hearing the concept, it, it's really a well-done script, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing the film. I've heard. Have you seen Red State? Yes. I've heard it's Red State amped up. 
Because Red State was kind of a horror. I know you can't say much, yeah. but again, it's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. I think just the the uniqueness of it is going to make people want to see it because there's really nothing else like Besides it. Besides me being a horror fan and telling everybody, like, when Kevin Smith tours, you need to go see his movie. When he's tours, would you suggest people to go see this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, again, I think it's going to be an experience like you've never had before. It's uh, And with actors, almost everybody knows nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what he, what he does with this is kind of give independent horror some street cred oh and to make it worth going to the Cineplex to see a movie that's not necessarily, you know, vomited out by the big studios. So he is Clerks tour effectively. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and he's working on another movie, which uh, I can't Krampus. talk a lot about. Krampus, but, yeah. But before, yeah, the Krampus movie, so you know about. He, that. he actually leaked that online that he was going to. Oh, make did he? Yeah. Okay, then I feel good which, about oh telling my you God, it looks that so I just uh, designed a bunch of creature masks and uh, oh my finished God. creature looks for that movie too. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and interview. Everybody can go check out Sixty. If your comic shop doesn't carry, give them shit. Yeah. Yeah, because it. its image, it's big enough, they ain't going to have any problems getting it. Yeah, yeah. Is it a monthly, weekly, bi-monthly, bi-weekly? It is an ongoing series told in a series of four-issue story arcs with some one-shots in between. So like this year, cool. we're going to have two four-issue miniseries, Rule of War, followed up quickly by Homefront. And between that, you're going to see another uh, one-shot or two. Well, very cool. Thank you for sitting down and talking. Uh, thanks for doing it, brother.